0: Hello there and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkevicius. Welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast number 117. Today's guest is Nigel Williams, who is a New Zealand composer of uh, choral and organ music. During his student days, uh, He was a chorister at the Holy Trinity Cathedral in Auckland. In his 11 years in the choir, uh, Nigel developed an interest in composing organ and choral music. After graduating from the University of Auckland with a master's degree in composition, he began a career as a music teacher. Nigel was at the forefront of music education in New Zealand for almost 30 years, having taught variously at uh, Westlake Girls High School, St. Paul's Collegiate School, Scots College, and Marsden School for Girls. He retired recently from the position of Director of Music at Mill Hill School in London, where he also played the fine Mill Hill School mander organ. Currently, uh, Nigel is working on three commissions, two large choral works, and one piece of chamber music. In addition to this, he works part-time as director of vocal studies at St. Paul's College at school. Nigel uh, has always maintained an active life as a musician and composer in the community. In Hamilton, New Zealand, he established a regional orchestra and jazz band festival for schools taking advantage of St. Paul's Collegiate New Letourneau organ. He established an international organ festival to further promote the playing of the organ in New Zealand. He was director of music at uh, Hamilton's St. Peter's Cathedral for several years and established choral scholarships to ensure a quality of choral singing in the cathedral and established an enduring link with Hamilton's Waikato University's music department in this conversation we talk about nigel's organ compositions how he first fell in love with the organ with creating for this instrument and also about his favorite techniques such as 12 tone serial music uh, modal music and also his undying love for the polyphony let's go to the show thank you so much nigel for joining this conversation we had a little bit of of uh technical difficulties Uh, uh, by the way nigel uh, where are you
1: from i'm from uh, wellington in new zealand wellington is the wellington Wellington, capital city of new zealand
0: all right Uh, let's see let's see how far we are from uh, from Vilnius?
1: Probably 20,000 kilometers, I would think.
0: Uh-huh. I would say from Vilnius to... Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Very, very far away. We are seven hours apart, right? Oh, seven hours. That's all right. Yes, yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And now we're connecting basically across, across the globe. And... Um, And uh, actually, New Zealand is uh, directly on the opposite side of of the globe than Lithuania. If you went through the Earth's core directly, that's the closest (laughs) route. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much for joining in this conversation. We will be talking about your organ compositions. But before uh, uh, we start, uh, I want to... Welcome. You You are very generous. Thank you so much. Excellent. Uh, uh, Nigel, uh, do you remember the time when you first fell in love with the music, creating for the music? Maybe uh, you got in touch with the organ. Somebody introduced you to the organ. Could you share the story from your e- early days with us? Yes. I was a
1: teenage boy. I was 14 years old. <laughs> And I had an inspirational group uh, of music at my school, mm-hmm. who who was a gifted organist, and who who gained a bursary to study at the Hague um, postgraduate organ study, and did very well there. And he set me on the path to finding out about the organ and learning more about this wonderful instrument. You, you must, you must realised that in my country, New Zealand, we're a young country, and we're only three or four generations old. So the world of organ music is, 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 is not that um, advanced, shall we say. But nonetheless, we do have some fine organs and some very fine organ players. Um, but back in the 1960s, uh, with this one teacher that I fell in love with the organ and wanted to find out more about it and,
0: and learn about it. Fantastic. So those early encounters uh, stay with you for for a long time. Can you share with us, uh, Nigel, what specifically interested uh, you in, in organ? How it captivated your attention from the early beginnings? I think because the
1: organ is the instrument of the church and I... I'm very much interested in writing music for the church. It, it was natural for me to write music for the organ as well. Um, the organ... Um, when you write for choirs, you are Each section of the choir wants to sing a melody, and choral music is often polyphonic. The organ is... the organ Is a polyphonic instrument and natural for me to take my polyphonic instincts to the organ, and so so when I write for the organ, I Mm -hmm. write in a way. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Polyphonic uh, concept, uh, several mel- melodies are joining together, create a nice harmony, right? And uh, this horizontal thinking fascinated you from the very beginning, yes. as opposed to just chords. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the juxtaposition, the layering of melody uh, mm. is, is a thing. Uh, the older I get, and you can look at me, and I'm getting older, the more mm. I realize this is the
0: this song I want to be writing. Yes. Um, if we take piano, for example, yes, we could play polyphony quite well. But since on the organ we have an extra hand with pedals, right, extra stave, yeah. um, we can be more independent with these melodies. And even we can produce different sounds on different manuals, different yes. colors. Then, then each melody is more pronounced and independent. So yes, it's more suited for polyphonic music, as as the tradition goes uh, for centuries. And um, and uh, I'm glad you you uh, started creating this kind of music. It's not very common uh, these days to create polyphonic organ music, is it? No, it's not. And
1: in New Zealand, it's it's less common, again, I guess. Um, but, uh, I mean, when I look at the music that I've written and I tend to work with the um, melodies that are in the public domain, mm-hmm. um, I, I just can't help myself. I, I just love the, the love having, of working at how I can layer the melody and work with it through the various division to the of the organ. Um, and um, I guess my guiding principle even even when writing twelve tone music uh, I think at the end of the day it, it's 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 you know, I mean when I go to a concert what concert is I want to come out at the end of the night or the end of the, country clicking I've got a tune on my head. I've got a number in my head that I'm going to remember. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm mindful of that when I when I write
0: music because I want. To listen to <coughs> yes, um, you see, um, even as you mentioned, twelve-tone or dodecaphonic music uh, can be uh, perceived polyphonically. Yes, if we. If we create a series for the 12 notes, right? Or less notes, five, six, seven, or nine notes, depending on your choice, then then yes, this series becomes your melody. Mm. Mm. Right? And you're not, again, not thinking vertically, but uh, horizontally. That's right. That's so, uh, so, Nigel, you... Um, what, what happened later, after your teenage years, uh, when did you decide to pursue this creative uh, endeavour, this music, this composition, professionally? It's, it's, it's followed me all through my life, it's, um
1: I found myself teaching at a school in New Zealand that installed an organ by Letourneau, the Canadian mm-hmm. Letourneau. Yeah the only Letourneau organ in New Zealand, Opus 31, a beautiful mechanical action, 18 ranks. And having this organ compelled me to make the organ more and, and, and also to write music for it. And it was, I guess, back in the 1990s that I really
0: thought seriously about creating a body of music for the instrument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of this Letourneau instrument right uh, you started uh, creating uh, and professionally it's good that you encountered a mechanical action organ first right because yes. uh, that's the real deal that's uh,
1: the real deal mm-hmm, yes. mm-hmm. especially when you're teaching when you're teaching youngsters and I have just finished teaching at that when I had eight, um, 8 students learning the organ And in New Zealand, if you go to all the universities in New Zealand, you won't find eight students playing the organ. Just rather sad. But I had eight students in the school
0: playing this fabulous organ. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, were you teaching them uh, to play the organ, or compose for the organ, or both, or something else? A little bit of both, I guess. There was one student in particular
1: who was very interested in composing, but the rest were interested in playing. And yeah. um, and they range from the very beginning to the beginning.
0: Um,
1: And mechanical action, I, I used to say to them that the organ probably teaches that as much on a pop. Of, uh,
0: so much about the internet. So, Nigel, in your experience, did you meet uh, uh, more people who were interested in playing the organ or creating on the organ?
1: Probably more people who are interested in playing the organ. Yeah. Um, I've, I've brought a lot of organists into the school. Um, I read festivals and uh, competitions to try and promote the organ like David to to play and uh, the organ probably featured in my time there forty or fifty recitals uh-huh. on, a, on a regular monthly basis of of organists from overseas and from within New Zealand who came to play the organ, so the organ itself was 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 well um was well represented in the community by a number of bands.
0: uh-huh I see um, I can agree with you that most of the people of course fall in love with the beautiful organ repertoire and music that was created earlier by the masters and only um, a few of them dare to start creating either on paper or. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, really uh, improvising in the moment exactly. right uh, So um, what can you do uh, t- to inspire people to create more Nigel? Can you can you in, motivate them through your own uh, experiments?
1: I, I hope I have uh, um, I hope I've done that um, with some some students. That I've taught, there's one in particular um, who went on from my school to study at the Royal Academy of Music in London and then went Westminster the Cathedral. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um that's all as a teacher, that's what you hope to do. And and um, I, I think there are there
0: are some students that are certainly inspired Mhm. you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Nigel, what is uh, the most challenging thing for you when you compose, create music uh, today? Do you do you have some challenges that you have to overcome?
1: That's a really good question. What I find best is that when I'm asked to write a piece of music, someone gives me clear instruction. For example, when Professor Marilyn Mason at the University of Michigan yes. commissioned me to write for her um, Marilyn Mason organ library. She offered Did you get this? Three words of advice. Keep it tight. That's all she said to me. Keep it tight. She stipulated that it, I must use the main chorale melody. I did, I used an Irish melody. Best advice I could ever be given because you know, when you write music, there is a tendency to throw too many notes on the page. The real skill comes in deciding which of those notes you don't want to use. Mm-hmm. And so that you are just left with all the notes that you want and no more. Uh, so, no, a clear instruction from whoever is commissioned, it's the best result. If it's mm-hmm. It's, it's too much. It's a blank canvas. Wow. But if, the, if the brief is tight, you know, we mm. I think the result is better.
0: Is it difficult for you to adjust, uh, adhere to the rules that Merlin Mason, for example, asked you to create? What were the rules first, by the way?
1: You just said keep it tight. So, as you, and so I interpreted that as. Um, Literally keeping it tight and making sure that i didn't uh, you know when you improvise when you improvise you know when you improvise well and you know when you don't mm-hmm. and you, you let your fingers walk over the keys and you you experiment and you and you work it and you know you know that that's good and that's not and and uh that's that was uh, that was really helpful. I, I found her instruction very very helpful, and I I was able to create five I think very good very tight variation on a melody. What was the melody? Slane, the Irish melody, Slane. Slane. <laughs> Yes. It's a wonderful melody. Very famous and, melody. Mm-hmm. A very famous melody. And in one of the variations, because the commission was coming from America and I was thinking polyphonically and of layer of melody, I took an American folk hymn. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. In a trio movement what could be more
0: organistic than that yes for uh, for for two hands and pedals right yeah, pedals yeah yeah three yeah. voices
1: yes three voices yeah just a short short little trio but nonetheless it takes some playing and uh, yeah so that was that was a great commission to get and and she was most
0: appreciated mm. yeah. Amazing, amazing lady. Yes, Marilyn Mason is the legendary figure uh, for the organ. Of course, um, we all exactly. admire her input.
1: Exactly. I've never met her. It was all done by email, and and her emails were like a sentence long. I don't think she had long, long, long sentences, and just all done
0: over the email. It was, it was, it was. Um, an amazing experience but mm-hmm. how did you how did she contact you how did you did, did she find you well i had i had made an arrangement a
1: similar arrangement on an american folk hymn called foundation yeah um, foundation and she'd come across it um, and, um, contacted each other i might have contacted her i think at the beginning and she said she liked the music. and to, um, That's how it all happened. Yeah. It, was, it was just it was, um, it was, as a result of that. In 1998, I composed a cantata for uh, a Baptist church in Kalamazoo. Yes. They were installed on the 54-stop, the, the turnout organ and they asked me to write this music for them based on this folk hymn foundation which I did and, mm-hmm. uh, and many years later 10 years later or so I took out from that an organ piece a separate organ piece because the original piece was for the by a trumpet and congregation um, because it was a whole church affair that later on I just made an organ piece. And it was from this that she saw the music and, and asked me
0: to, to write for the Marilyn Mason Music live. Mm-hmm. So, Nigel, uh, what are you currently working on?
1: At the moment, I'm writing a lot of choral music. I've got a num- I've got um, uh, uh, quite a lot of organ music. I've got all my organ music on sheet music plus... Um, I have probably a dozen or so titles, um, but I'm, at this stage I'm writing a lot of choral music.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, do you have your is uh, favorite piece uh, over over the years? You have created many pieces. How um, do you have uh, one that sticks out, and you would like to? Oh, uh, yes. uh, let our listeners uh, m- uh, know about it more. I do have, I do have, well I think those two pieces stand out for
1: me. There was a piece I wrote for organ, at, on the Letourneau instrument, I wrote for the organ and voice called Sound Prelude, Out of the Deep. And it was performed at the Royal Academy of Music in London by one of my gifted students. It's a fine piece. Um, and it really is. A st- it was a stretch for me to write it. I make no bones about that. It was a real stretch. Um, it's it's it uses a bit of sort of twelve tone serial technique that we talked about before, and the organ, <laughs> the organ and voice are equal players in the music. It's not. It's not a. It's not a um, vocal piece accompanied by organ. But it's very much a piece for organ and. Um,
0: that's the one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And um, how, did, how did you first start working on this piece? Did you create a series first, 12 tone uh,
1: mode? I did. I created the series first, and I remember spending a lot of late nights on the Laterna in Hamilton playing, working there, uh, just to make it. Mm-hmm. It was a big. It was a big piece in the, in the uh, creating. It's eight or nine minutes long. It's a serious piece of music. Um, there's another fine piece that I that I wrote, which I love to pieces, and again it was written at the Letourneau and it's just a quiet little piece called a dialogue between. Mm-hmm. the hmm
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's quite tricky. Um, but, um, playable by a good organist yeah on a two manual instrument um in new zealand most of our organs are no bigger than two manuals there's not you know there's there three manual bigger organs but you know there aren't that many uh places you can play a three manual organ so i was writing
0: more to a to the local choice so. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah excellent uh, do you think that people could um... Learn to play it, or is it a very advanced piece? I think so.
1: I think the uh, uh, exactly, I think a good organist could play my advanced music. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got lots of simple arrangements on Street Music Plus, you know, but I've got um, half a dozen pieces which require a bit of playing. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Yes, they require a bit of playing, but they're, they're definitely playable and
0: they're all in relation they're all being played now yeah how do your listeners react to serial music uh, to the 12 tone technique what do they say after performance Uh,
1: i it's you know because to me it's just a way of writing i don't sort of hold it up and say look i've written 12 tone technique it's Mm -hmm. just another it's another tool in the toolbox isn't it Mm -hmm. Um, yes it's and we don't know
0: they don't probably, you know, can't hear the pitches, uh, no. uh, right? At the time of performance, they they hear only the character of the music, the the that's mood, the the mood
1: and the character yeah. of the music. That's what they hear. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, it's my only it's my only experience of writing that way for the organ. My one on the stage, um, but. I think if I was to write another big piece of organ music, I would again. I'd be looking for someone to give me direction, telling me what they wanted. You know, mm. um, I think because to me that's important. I need to have that um, clarity of understanding. Yes, just like uh, Marilyn Mason said to you what she wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She wanted public domain melody. And keep it tight. And she wanted variations, and 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 you know, and that's what I
0: gave her. Mm-hmm. And variations is a very nice form. You can uh, you can do a lot of colorful things. Explore the possibilities rhythmically, melodically, harmonically, right? Yeah. And exactly. If Sorry. the melody is famous, then people can recognize it, even though you are using modern techniques, just like um, 12-tone, right? That exactly. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm, try where possible
1: to, to make sure my music is playable on a two-manual instrument, to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. It's always nice when you've got a bigger organ, of course, but um, just to make it more accessible. Um, and I was lucky in Hamilton because even with 18 rings, only with 18 rings, it was amazing what you could play on it. The voicing, the turnout voicing, was so good. Um, you know, it was it was quite well balanced. It was it was quite incredible what what you could play
0: on a small. If you find a really nice principle, you can play for hours just using well, one principle. That's exactly
1: right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. Yeah.
0: And what other techniques do you have that you, that you use in your compositions, be, uh, you know, besides twelve tone, series?
1: Um I'm,
0: I'm not at all. I'm, I use uh,
1: write a lot of modal music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm very much influenced by plain song by the by the, the language of the church. Uh, I, for example, I got a commission from St Mary's Cathedral in Australia, in Sydney, Australia to write music for, and this was an interesting commission because it was something I'd never thought of, but they wanted a Miss Abrevis for baritone voices, unison baritone voices, which is something uh-huh. I've never doing, um, with organ and modal and vocal. And at first I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. And then I said to myself, that's precisely why I should do it. Uh-huh. I wrote them music and they perform it all the time. It was great, um, and I'm very pleased to have done it. Um, so I'm very, you know, I'm in modal. Um, twelve tone. When I now when I use twelve tone, I'm flexible. You know, as you say, it might just be a handful of notes. It doesn't have to be the whole twelve notes. But it's it's, it's the flavour of it, I guess, that or that the spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you say modal music, uh, what kind of modes do you use? Uh, I'm a great fan of the, the 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 mode that has the semitone between the fourth and the fifth
0: scale. Is it the Lydian oh, mode? Yes. Lydian, yes. It's a fantastic old mode, and it has. It's a joyful character because um, if you take a major mode like C major. Mm. and you add a uh, raised fourth scale yeah. degree, that's exactly what this m- mode is, C, D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, and C. And yeah. since you have one raised, uh, you know, scale degree, it is a little bit um, uh, joyf- more joyful than natural major. Absolutely. The more. The more scale degrees you raise, the more joyful it is, right? Exactly. And vice versa. If you flatten the, the scale degrees, it becomes sorrowful, like Phrygian. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. I, I find I find that the
1: tonal scales, the major scales, quite bland. That can do to use those scales, uh and I mean, look what Bach could do with E flat major. I mean, wow! You know. Uh, but then that's back. But yeah, so modal scales and and, um, and uh, polyphony, are, I guess, are my two guiding
0: principles. Yeah. Uh huh. Wonderful. So you are basically uh, continuing the the old tradition in a new way,
1: right? I hope so. I hope so. And I'm not. It's, I mean, I write the music I want to write, and and I have that luxury, I guess. Um, And and it works, it works because people are playing it and and that makes me happy, you know, that makes me
0: happy to know that it's out there and being played. Do you ever worry about originality, about being uh, original, about creating something that has never been created before? I used to, I used to. Um, And...
1: But I think, I mean... Every piece of music we every piece of music we play has its origins from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we, talk about, we talk about Bach the borrower. You know we talk about the way that Bach borrows other people's music. I mean I've done a wonderful arrangement of Bach's music, for example, with you know, his "The Joy of Man's Desiring." I've put through it and it works great. And so you've got Bach's lovely melody, his chorale, which, I mean, that was, I mean, he arranged the chorale himself. Um, I've added another layer of melody, which I think Bach himself would approve of. You know, I I don't know, but what is originality? I Mm -hmm. guess that's for music historians in the future to judge, you know, to, 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 I'm happy to put my music out there and have it played and, and and let people decide you know where the originality is
0: you know nigel you just mentioned very legitimate practice what bach also did back in the day uh, to add an um, extra melody right mm. uh, to an existing piece of music so he would also do that when he would play duets, he would add a trio, three trio voice. And if he played trio, he would have a quartet too. His students described his, his technique and it was very famous for, 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 for his achievement. But um, so if you take a cantata piece uh, like Jesus, uh, Joy of Man's Desiring, right it's a complete setting for many voices maybe six voices total and you add an extra layer of melody why not it's like a descant Uh, it's beautiful you just uh, elaborated back
1: yeah yeah and and
0: and that's that's i guess under the
1: that comes under the guise of a musical arrangement Mm -hmm. what you tell me what's the difference between arranging music and composing music
0: there's a line there, isn't there, that we... Yeah. Yeah. So, Nigel, of course, uh, uh, at first, we all worry about being original, creating something that that will last forever, right? Hopefully. But later, when we mature, it's not that important, right? We just try to create something which uh, we do our best to express our um, ideas, exactly. right? and maybe yeah. even combine ideas combine yeah. ideas you said uh, uh, polyphony and uh, modal music or polyphony and twelve music twelve tone music these are two totally maybe unrelated concepts and you if you combine them in one piece it's already original yeah that's one path to to be original to to take two concepts not original concepts but combine them in new ways New and surprising ways.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But, yeah. So uh, I'm very curious to to know more about you, and I hope uh, our listeners will want to find out um, how your music sounds, right? Too after mm-hmm. this conversation. So Nigel, uh, before we end, could we could you direct? Uh, our listeners to a place online where they could find out more about you and your work. I think the
1: best place for for your your listeners to to see my music would be Sheet Music Plus, mm-hmm. uh, a website, a well known website in America. And if they put my name in the search, organ music, they'll, they'll find fifty or sixty pieces of music. But there are a dozen or so organ pieces there which uh, they'll be able to see uh, and uh, access i see do you have a website too i do have a website yes um, C- can you mention it here i, I or... can i can i can't obviously do it on the on the computer at the moment i haven't got those sort of skills but it's it's nigel williams composer nz.com dot. Nigel
0: Williams, composer, Aha, uh-huh. wonderful! I will make sure to include this link into the description of the podcast so that our listeners can click and visit you directly. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, do you have, uh, let's say, YouTube channel too? I don't have a YouTube channel. I haven't quite got that far down
1: the track yet, Vidis, But but uh, if if your listeners want to contact me, they can contact me from my website, and mm-hmm. I can. You know, uh, Certainly, and of course, you you do have LinkedIn channel, right? I, yes, and I've joined the Facebook organists. There's a Facebook organist group that I've just joined, and I've just put um, a photo up of the organ in Hamilton, the Luterna that I was talking about mm-hmm. um, up there. I've just joined a few days ago, so I'm 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 coming into the 21st century fast. <laughs>
0: Wonderful! Thank you so much, Nigel, for this conversation. I was uh, delighted to f- know more about your uh, techniques, about your passions, about twelve-tone, about modal music, and of course your great love for the polyphony. I hope you will continue creating and sharing your music for a long time to come. To come, and that our listeners will also, um, you know, uh, get in touch with you, uh, say hello to you, and. Uh, Uh, encourage you to create even further well thank you very much for
1: for uh, this conversation and i certainly would uh, be very happy to uh, have inquiries from your listeners and uh, to carry on uh, my work in writing music for this wonderful instrument
0: all right thank you so much and let's keep keep in touch about your new creations new compositions thank you i will do that if you liked this conversation I encourage you to visit my blog Secrets of Organ Playing at organduo.lt where you will find lots of insights, practical advice and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vida Spincavitus, thanks for listening and I'll catch you online really soon.